Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,686. I'm excited today because I'm at the Porsche Experience Center in Los Angeles, California. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am very excited because I'm in Los Angeles today at a place that, oh man, is a dreamland for a guy like me with a very special guest by the name of Jennifer Malakarn. Jennifer, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm always ready. All right, we're going to have some fun. Now, before I expose where we are talking and what we're having some fun with today, I want you to share one little thing that most people may not know about you, Jen. I am a published poet. Really? Probably most people don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, what kind of poetry did you craft? (laughs) (laughs) When I was younger and I was in high school, I wrote a lot. And I used to enter a lot of different contests. Mm -hmm. And my English teacher was always throwing me into these competitions. And I ended up getting two coffee table books that had published poetry. And my mom was very proud of me. So um, I thought I would always continue writing and I still write till this day, but unfortunately I got a little bit away from poetry and I used to love it. Um, So yeah, most people don't know that though, but I I still love writing and I love, I'm always writing something, whether I'm doodling or writing. Well, I think it's great. And now thousands of people know it. So uh... yeah, now they're going to be looking me up going, oh, whoa, she wrote that. Where's the book of poetry by Jen? <laughs> is the book even, is it available at this point? Does it even exist? Or did you have small numbers run? Or how, how'd that work? That's a great question. Um, I had a, a National Poetry Society convention, and I know that the book was available at Barnes & Noble because I saw it. Uh-huh. Um, and it was my full name, Jennifer Nicole Malcarn, is my signature on it. I know I can't remember one of the poems, but... One of the titles of the other poems that I wrote that I can still pretty much recall was called Cheater. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Any indication of a typical high school girl, um, <laughs> but it was a really good poem. And uh, yeah, so I, I still have those books to this day. I don't, I'm probably sure they're not sold anymore, but um, that was probably like in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, well, very cool. Yeah, or 1998, 1997. Yeah. 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 Pretty crazy. Well, that's cool. Just keep writing. Uh, it's probably a great creative outlet that moves outside of the normal day that you spend playing with cars and having fun there. But uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's something you can do forever, too, which is great. My kids journaled growing up. They still do that today. And I, I got into it a little bit for a while and I really enjoyed it. It helped me kind of go down some different paths. And it, it led to exactly. what I'm doing today, talking to inspiring automotive enthusiasts. So very cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into some questions here. Jennifer Malakarn is the senior manager at the Porsche Experience Center in Los Angeles, California. Now you know why I'm so excited. It's Porsche's second customer experience center in North America with nearly 20 years of experience in the automotive sector. And as an avid car enthusiast, she is happiest behind the wheel We're talking about cars. Before joining Porsche, she worked as a PR, marketing, and events consultant for top-tier automotive brands, including Recaro, Brembo, Pirelli, Michelin, Top Gear USA, and Microsoft's gaming division, Turn 10 Studios, 
for Forza Motorsports. She consulted for Auto Concierge, Exotics Racing, and California Speedway, and sanctioned car care with Mr. Cartoon. Another past cars, yeah, I guess. She worked with Ferrari Scuderia Corsa as part of their race team managing drivers and logistics across the USA and Canada. But today, her life is all about Porsche. We'll be back in just a minute to talk more with Jen and have some fun, maybe take some laps here. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. Give them a little love. They're the reason I'm here every day. We'll be right back. Keep your seatbelts on. Did you know that Covercraft is much more than car covers? They offer protection for the inside of your vehicles as well. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, Covercraft makes a floor mat, a cargo area protection product just for your vehicle. Their plush custom fit floor mats turn any ride into something special. Their premier Berber custom floor mats, which are a favorite of mine, if you want something very stylish and unique for your favorite ride, they also have weather shield floor liners that provide ultimate protection for heavy dirt mud snow and slush their carhartt custom cargo liners not only look great but keep your rear cargo area and seats protected from the kids the pets or whatever's going on back there do you have a pet that destroys your vehicles covercraft has you covered for that too with a wide variety of pet protection options is your vehicle getting a little long in tooth there's no better way to give it a new car look than with a custom fit floor and trunk mat I replace mine every few years with something a little different just for fun. All your options are easy to clean, they secure to the floor, and they look oh so good. Don't forget your trunk too. Custom fit trunk liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect to protect the factory carpet from all those things that can stain, tear, and damage your carpets. Check out Covercraft.com for the huge number of styles, colors, and options that you'll love. And I've got a deal for you here at Cars Yeah. If you use the Yeah120 code at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order on me. Go to Covercraft.com, use the code Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout and get 10% off today. Covercraft, they've got you covered. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. With all the time, effort, and money you've put into your classic vehicles, do you know how much you would receive if yours was stolen, damaged, or totaled in an accident or a fire? Your regular auto insurance carriers won't tell you until after the claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With an agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you'll get with an agreed value policy. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. Tell them Mark Green at Cars Yeah sent you. That's American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, folks just like you and me. All right, Jen, we're back. And as we continue on this journey, I'm going to call your life. There's a saying or maybe a mantra, a success quote, something that's instrumental in your life I'd love for you to share. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking a little bit here on Carja, which a lot of people do there at the Porsche Experience Center. So, Jen, grab the wheel. Yeah, I love this question because I actually, as a writer, grew up with quotes everywhere. I have them all over my house. I have them 
in my cell phone. I Pinterest quotes all the time. So trying to find the right quote for you, I would say, is even a necklace that I used to wear a lot, and it's by Emerson. Uh, It's what lies before you and what lies ahead of you are tiny matters compared to what lies within you. Oh, you know, I love that. I love Emerson. And I I had no doubt now learning that you're a poet and a writer that this was going to be a great one. So tell me how <laughs> you've incorporated that powerful quote. I mean, you wore it around your neck. There it tells us something. But how you've incorporated that into your career and your life that you're doing there at Portia? Well, I think that people get caught up in a lot of little things and what people say, you know, when people say you can or cannot do something. And I've never been one of those people. Mm-hmm. You know, no one knows me better than I know myself. And no one is going to tell me what I'm capable of doing or not doing because they don't know me as well as I know myself. I think sometimes I do things just to prove people wrong. So <laughs> I think that quote really resonates with me because, you know, when people say, well, you're a woman, you can't do that. Or, you don't have that experience. You can't do that. They don't know what fire is within me. And sometimes I had to, you know, remind myself of that as a, as a younger child. But also growing up, I always felt like I was somebody different and somebody special. And when I read that quote for the first time, I really it sat with me and I put it everywhere. And, and I actually had a necklace that I wore on my neck to remind myself of the things that I knew that I was capable of doing, even though I didn't necessarily have the experience to do it. So I really had to believe in myself. Well, it's marvelous. And it's it's really how we achieve and grow in our lives is believing in ourselves and pushing ourselves harder. So let's dive into what your life is like there at the Porsche Experience Center in Los Angeles. Now, I've been to the, the facility in Atlanta. It's great. Past cars, yeah, I guess. Ray Schaefer invited me there and I got to visit there when I was uh, back in that part of the country. But I'm a SoCal guy. So, you know, I grew up down in the San Diego area, Los Angeles. You've been involved with this new, I still call it new, although you guys have been there for a while, but it feels new. You've been involved with it from really the beginning. So kind of take us on a walk through why it was done, what was done, and then deliver us uh, into the uh, delivery center there of what are the things that automotive enthusiasts and specifically Porsche enthusiasts, but everybody who loves cars can come there and have fun. Yeah, so Mark, being that you're from Southern California as well as I am, born and raised in SoCal, you know, we have this huge automotive car culture. And if you grew up here, you would have to be living under a rock not to see that. I mean, I drive PCH on weekends and I see vintage cars, I see exotic cars, I see super rare cars. Um, And that's just pretty much what you're growing up with and that's what you get used to. And so when Porsche was talking about creating this West Coast home, I was really intrigued by it because... Porsche is such an iconic, amazing brand that has history and heritage, and its values are, are so like mine, and I really wanted to be affiliated with that such brand, but I didn't know where it was going to be. Um, there was multiple locations that they were talking about that would be in Southern California. I was really hoping it would land somewhere in Orange County area, mm-hmm. and when I found out it was going to be in Carson, California, which makes perfect sense, it's very close to LAX. Yep. Uh, LA International Airport. It's close to John Wayne in Orange County. It's also close to Long Beach Airport. It's not too far from people from San Diego. So it's just like this perfect area of being able to capture everyone that is in really that SoCal car culture area. And so I got hired on in 2014. Uh, it was actually still a golf course at that point. So I used to pick up golf balls when I was there. <laughs> we didn't really have an area to work because we had a construction trailer that our Snyder Langston was working out of, which is one of our contracted partners that were working on the building. And 
we ended up, I said to my boss at the time, I said, we really need to get a trailer. We need to be here. We need to see how this is going to go because, I mean, this is history in the making and right. we should be part of it. So we got our own trailer. I actually designed the interior of the trailer to make no, it kidding. as nice as you could be with ply, you know, like these disgusting smells and a total typical construction trailer. Yeah. Um, but it was really nice because it makes you really appreciate, you know, every bit of that building coming together. When we did the tilt-up walls, that was back in November of 2014 during the auto show. Our executive team came down and we actually got to see the walls that were poured concrete, that were tilted up. Nice. And every little bit, we got to see this wonderful journey of history in the making with Porsche because obviously this building is, is here to stay. And the building was done before the track. Uh, we f- focused on the building, and then once we got most of the building done, then we focused on the track. I have a really wonderful experience and, and something that I would say is the highlight of my entire career. I don't think it could get any better than the time that I came in because, you know, working with such a lean company with Porsche, there comes to be this point of, you know, how do we design and how do we, what are the naming conventions and what do we call the restaurant? What do we call our conference rooms and how do we want to make the space design? And luckily enough, I had the nod from our executives to really push forward with a really small team of people. It was literally three of us that were ideating what we could call what we were going to call, you know, now is our Speedster Cafe or Restaurant 917. <laughs> yeah. And because I grew up in California car culture and I was so passionate about the brand, you know, I kept saying we can't do what we see at the dealers. We can't have the red, black, and white, the race heritage. We need to differentiate ourselves. We need to really make this a West Coast home. Yeah. And I was so passionate about it. And, you know, we, we laugh now at the, uh, the team that, uh, from the executive committee because they know how passionate I am <laughs> about California car culture and that, you know, we have to have this home where people want to stay. And, you know, when you create that and you can create that home and you can create the culture that we have, it just really does make people want to use this as our second space. And so, you know, we opened in 2016. I originally got hired as the event sales and marketing manager. Obviously, that took a very quick turn three months into my hiring process. I moved to Atlanta. I was there for a year and a half, and I was back and forth every two weeks. So you can clearly tell I had no life. Um, But I really (laughs) felt like I was young enough in my career, and I didn't have kids. I had no baggage. I had no marriage. I really knew that I needed to set myself aside and show the company that I could do this, and I could be what they needed to be. And I wasn't even thinking myself as a manager at that position. I just wanted to be as creative as I could because I have a very creative background. And so finally in 2016, April of 2016, you can imagine that we were supposed to open our doors in October. We still had no manager. They were executive recruiting. And I ended up raising my hand and saying, like, you should choose me, and here's why. <laughs> yeah. Because I had done everything. <laughs> you go, girl. I had all the budgets. <laughs> I had the business case. Yeah. I knew all of the stuff w- that was going on, and I, I said, find somebody better than me, and I will happily step aside. Uh, if you can't, then choose me and take me under your wing and show me everything I need to know because there's obviously stuff I need to learn and I need to know at, with my experience, but I can guarantee you there will be no one as passionate as me about this project because I had lived and breathed it. I had sacrificed, and you know, I just, again, I, I love our company. I love our brand value. I love what Porsche stand for. I love, as you know, you're a Porsche guy yourself. Yep. I, I love Porsche people. I think that these are my people. So <laughs> I'm willing to go the extra mile because I know that at the end of the day, people like you will really appreciate the small little details and the authenticity and the, and the you know, the ideas and stuff that are around everything that you see at the Experience Center when you come here and visit. And that's really what it is. And so when we opened in 2016, uh, you know, we have a lot of different programs that are very similar to those at the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta. You can drive any one of our model cars that are current model cars. And we have a restaurant. We have a simulator lab. We actually offer virtual reality. We have our cafe. 
So I've definitely got into the food and wine business. It was just really fun and, and intriguing because <laughs> I was never a server growing up. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a huge event space. I think everyone thinks of us as a racetrack. We're not. We're, we're a purpose development, uh, driver development track. So mm-hmm. it's very different than a racetrack. But it is something that, you know, to be socially responsible, as you know, again, as an as a avid Porsche enthusiast yourself, we buy these cars and we need to know what the capabilities of the cars are. Right. And also our own talents. You know, everyone's different. And so I think we just have a really wonderful space that we can call home. And I'm so happy that we have one on the West Coast that I get to be part of and um, have so many amazing memories here. But it comes down to the culture and the people. And I can say that that is is a highlight of of everything that we have here is just the people that come in and see us every day and spend time with us. And we have a lot of really cool things to offer. So yes. uh, that's you know, been a, a really fun thing for me. Well, no doubt. I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice and what you've built is absolutely brilliant. It's the kind of place that automotive enthusiasts go to and they don't want to leave. They just want to stay there. I know the first, first <laughs> We time, don't want them to leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least, you know, well, if you're going to leave, go to a dealer and buy a car. That's, that's the other part of the picture mm-hmm. here. But yeah, absolutely. Porsche has been great at doing that. I uh, went to the new Porsche Museum in Stuttgart. It was actually a week away from opening and I was so disappointed, but I had a friend there because I'd picked up a new car from the factory in 96 and he said, tell you what, I can walk you through the museum. We'll put a hard hat on. Uh, The cars aren't quite there yet, but I want to show you what's going to be. And everybody there was so excited. And and of course that building is uh, iconic, just crazy, crazy architectural feat. You look at it and go, how's this thing standing up? I don't quite get it. But what you guys done there is great. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And obviously you love Porsche, you love cars. So you are in your element. That's what Cars Yeah is all about. Well, I have no doubt. I mean, you've worked in so many different entities and done so many different things. I always ask my guests to share a big challenge or a big failure. And it's really more about how you worked through that situation. And even more importantly, what was the lesson learned? Because you probably pushed yourself into an area, kind of like what you did here. You raised your hand and said, look, I haven't done everything you need, but I'm willing. I have the passion. I'll do it. But sometimes we come up against a barrier, maybe even hit a wall once in a while. So walk us through one of those times in your life, Jen. But more importantly, how did that experience help you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your life? So I grew up in a very traditional family. I was told growing up that my brother was supposed to provide for his family someday, so my parents invested a lot of time and effort into supporting him Mm -hmm. and finding his life path, whereas I was looking forward to having someone who would take care of me someday, and my responsibility ultimately would be to make a house a home. Mm -hmm. So when I realized my life path was not (laughs) what I grew up to believe, it was you know, I had to completely change my mindset. I was ambitious and driven, but I did it because I had different motivations. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to change a mindset you've been taught your entire life, especially when growing up, you have firsthand examples of both parents and grandparents. You know, my parents have been together for 45 years. My mom was hardworking until she had my brother and me, but when she became a full-time housewife to raise us, I honestly couldn't see it in any other way. So if I had kids of my own, I'd want to be as hands-on as I could, because that's, the responsibility I'd want to own. So my whole upbringing was really trying to find the one and get settled. So I'd say, you know, this is a major challenge for so many women, especially traditional ones like myself. We battle being the head of the household. We have to find strength in ourselves to be okay with being single. Mm -hmm. And we have to give ourselves credit for pushing forward and rewiring our brains to be okay with the new idea. But I'm going to tell you, it's a challenge. I mean, 
I laughed because I cried when I bought my first home, and they weren't tears of joy. <laughs> I was sad when I realized I was alone buying my first house, yeah. no co-signer next to me, and it actually made me frustrated. And, mm. you know, up until about eight years ago, I never bought jewelry for myself because traditionally you wait to receive jewelry as a gift. Yes. And if there's no man in my life, why wait? So yeah. now I buy you know, myself nice things with my bonus checks. Uh-huh. And I think it's important we invest in ourselves and treat ourselves. So right. I think I will always find this to be a challenge. And it's something I openly face with my friends and family when they ask me why I'm not married yet. But being as traditional as I am, I'm also glad that I've invested in myself as a career-driven woman and pushed myself to the point where I can now help other women who ask me about my career and how I got started. And, you know, we all have different life paths, and I'm a firm believer in that. But would I change mine? No. I think investing in myself was the best thing I could ever do for myself, but the challenge still lies within my upbringing because I want traditional values in a very modern world. And, you know, I have to remind myself sometimes I can't change the world, but I can change my thoughts. And sometimes a big glass of wine, some friends and some (laughs) laughs or what I need to do to keep pushing on. And that's, you know, just being the greatest version of myself. So I think a lot of women probably feel the same way I do. But, you know, it's just interesting trying to really rewire your brain of what you've been taught versus, you know, the new norm. No doubt. Well, I have no doubt, Jen, when the perfect time comes and the perfect gentleman comes along and becomes a life partner in whatever way you decide that to be, he's going to be a very lucky guy because uh, you know who you are as a person. And a lot of times when we get married young, we're still developing that. You know, I got married a little bit later. I was 28. My wife was 25 and we've been married 36 years now. So two kids. Um, Yeah, yeah. But she went through some similar things. She chose a path as an engineer, which back in the day, I think when she graduated, there was only two women graduating from UCSD that year as engineers and then getting a job working in an all men's office where many times clients and even coworkers were kind of belittling her like, go get us some coffee. And she's like, excuse me, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. her boss was really good. He helped her get through some difficult times. And one of the things he said to her was dazzle them with your brain. And that's what she did. And that's how it worked well for her. So kudos to you for figuring that out. Yeah, absolutely. Great stories. Thanks for sharing that. We're going to come back and I want to dive into this personal passion you have for cars. So we're going to take another short break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, I have a feeling we're going to continue on the quest of talking Porsches. So keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are, keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. 
So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH today. Cheers! My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, Jen, we are back, and I would love for you to share a personal story that instigated this passion you have for cars. When I rattled off the different brands that you'd worked with before you'd even joined Porsche, and now you're with the mega brand, my favorite, Mark. I like other cars, too. I always say if it rolls on rubber, I love it, but <laughs> Porsche's my car. Tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you knew, you know what, I'm a car gal. So I never had an aha moment that defined me as an enthusiast. I mean, I grew up in SoCal. I was in a car club as soon as I could drive a car in high school, and I always did car things with friends, whether it was long drives, car shows, SEMA, hot import nights, back when that was going. So I just like car people, and I like the energy they had, and I always felt welcome because I was a 
total tomboy growing up. I played hockey, I went mountain climbing, I snowboarded, basically anything my brother and his friends did. So I felt more comfortable around guys, and uh-huh. guys love cars. So yeah. if I love guys, I love cars, call me an automotive <laughs> enthusiast. <laughs> well, that's cool. I love it. Yeah, and it's easy to be. Growing up in Southern California, there's so many cool cars around, and you see them all the so time. Many. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. When I moved up here, it was a bit of a culture shock for me because I just didn't see that, and I kept going, oh, no, where's all the cool cars? And finally, yeah. when the rain stopped and spring came, all of a sudden, they all popped out, and it turns out there's a huge following of car enthusiasts up here in the Pacific Northwest. We just kind of oh, have to great. keep our cars tucked away in the wintertime a little bit if we care a lot about them. So let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car in your life? Now, this could have been your first car, or it could have been the first time you saved up and bought yourself that very special car. Oh, man, Mark. So (laughs) I have two. I have my my first Porsche. Um, I bought before I was 30, and I bought it when I was working at an agency, and I thought that that was what defined success. If I drove a Porsche, I was going to be successful. That that was my calling, you uh-huh. know, and, and people would know. And I didn't know if I'd be able to buy a new one off the dealer lot or a used one, and I was looking at older models of a Cayman or a Boxster, and I ended up selling settling for a 981, which is really not settling, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, But I got one right off the dealer lot. I was super excited. It was brand new. I got it from Walter's Porsche in Riverside. They were wonderful. And I made that my total project car because at the time working at an agency, I had a lot of, of course, aftermarket brands. So I had really nice modified. I actually had a GT3 exhaust with straight pipes. It was mm. the loudest thing ever. <laughs> uh, BBS wheels, TechArt Springs. I wanted to make it my SEMA project car. Yeah. And then I was consulting and I really was thinking I was going to go to SEMA and I was going to get automotive brands to work with women's brands and get, you know, like OPI nail polish, see if they wanted to reach out to do my brake calipers with the same, <laughs> you know, nail polish on my nails. I had I had my business plan, Mark. Yeah. And then I, I got the call from Porsche and I said, okay, this is it. And then I started working for Porsche. So try driving <laughs> an aftermarket car with, you know, all these aftermarket parts, I should say, yeah. on on my Porsche in front of an OEM brand. And now I'm representing such a big brand right. that I felt like I need to probably go, okay, I'm, I'm going to just turn it in and, and just have a regular Porsche now. And I don't need all this stuff. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, it's like this, this thing where when you grow up in Southern California car culture, that's a way of expressing your personality. Nobody wants something off the dealer lot because you want to personalize it. And so that was my upbringing. But now that I work for an OEM, you know, manufacturer, I can also see that, you know, it's German, it's perfection, it's out the gate. And so, and with all of our cars, they are so wonderful that I I can still make them part of my personality. I drive a 992, that's my daily driver, and I love it, and it's amazing. So I'm I'm very happy just personalizing it through our Porsche exclusive. That's what I do now. Yeah. Um, but coming from the background, it was really nice that I can always do that. So if I talk to people on the street, I'm like, hey, don't worry. Like, I was you before, too. I used to heavily modify my cars. <laughs> um, and then the other car that I bought, which was in 2018, was my 356, and that is really my baby. So I would say that's why I have two special cars. The first Porsche I ever bought, which I thought was going to define that I was finally, you know, making it and I was right. successful. Yeah. And then my 356, it's a 1963 356. I had wanted one for so long, and I thought that, you know, someday, maybe when I was married, we could have as an additional car. And I kept looking at them on the market. I'm always on Haggerty. I'm always on, you know, <laughs> other websites where I, I look at night. And Haggerty has just a really great app and it's super user friendly. And yeah. at night I would look at cars and, you know, I'm, I'm alone. So I don't have some guy judging me going, why are you not looking for shoes? Why are you looking at cars right now? <laughs> um, so I would literally look at all these 356s and I was watching the market really 
closely and you know I obviously I'm in the industry so I have really good friends and I'd call Patrick Long as you've interviewed wow. you've, yeah. you know oh, yeah. and so I'd call him and I'd be like hey what do you think of this and then Rod Emery is like a brother to me so I'd call oh, Rod gosh. Like, what do you think of this yeah. and so I was literally like asking them like hey can you put this out there and then Jeff Sawart's also a close friend of mine I'm here I am name dropping but these are my friends that I'd say hey you're you're hanging with all the cool dudes there lady yeah right they're amazing and I I said hey can you keep this on the the down low can you find me a car it has to be within this budget it has to be this and I finally found one and it was funny because I wanted Smyrna Green and I asked Pat because you know I, I go to all the Lufkuko events the he hosts that are yeah. the air cooled car shows and I said I've never seen a Smyrna a green. It's a it's a rare shade. Yep. So if PTS paint to sample yep. were to be done back in the sixties, Smyrna would be one of them because they were only in the years of sixty three, sixty four. Yeah. So he said, No, we've never had a Smyrna green. I go, Great. So funny enough, Rod found it for me and it was off of his Instagram. Oh my god. Uh, some guy had sent him a, a no, he was on a walk in the morning up in Santa Cruz and said, hey, there's this 99 cent for sale sign on this car. I don't know if this is something that you'd be interested in. And Rod literally said, what's your phone number? I'm calling you right now. Is that Smyrna Green? And he's like, Jen, this is your car. Yeah. So that's wow. how I got my car. It's been super special. It's special because Rod helped me find it. It's special because, you know, he helped me work on it. And, and I had my family work on it. My dad worked on it with me. We've, you know, done a lot of restoration to it. I took it to the 356 Concours last year. And it, really is like a part of my family. If I had a baby, that would be my baby. <laughs> so I just love it. And it's super special. And if anyone could get in an air-cooled car, as you know, you've had air-cooled yeah, cars. Yeah. It is such a difference of perspective. Yep. And I think too often, you know, again, when you look at everyone's day, everyone's chaos, even right now, we're living in a pandemic, we're oh, in total yeah. chaotic times. Yep. It reminds me when I get in that car and I drive down PCH, I'm lucky enough to be able to live off PCH. I drive and I can drive all the way down to Laguna Beach and back and I completely can find my sanity in that car yeah. because it just puts things into perspective the way that things were back then when they were easy, they were simplistic and yep. it's just really nice. So I love those cars. What a nice story. Well, let's go back to the 981 for a minute that obviously it's a Porsche internal designation that was the third gen boxer and i think second gen cayman right yeah yeah so did you have the cayman or the boxster i had the boxster the boxer cool okay so top down yeah. socal that makes sense i know it's the chick it's the quote-unquote chick car but if you put that thing next to a 918 which is my favorite car in the world <laughs> you can see so many similarities to it and yeah. if you ever drive a mid-engine car you'll see what that car does to inspire confidence. And I love, I just love that car. I think it's the sexiest, sleekest design. It's so sporty. It's so fun. I, I was actually sad when I got rid of it, but I sold it to a guy that comes to the experience center oh, a lot, which so is funny. So I get to see, I get like visitation rights. Well, that's <laughs> always cool. You know, I, I've been lucky enough to be invited to a, a few Porsche driving experiences up here in the Pacific Northwest. And when they first came out, I was up at Art Racetrack here. And so they brought those. And I love those. And especially for me, the Caymans. Uh, it, it's one of those cars I always have in the back of my mind. And I have friends that have them. A good friend of mine, Eddie, he's a track jockey. And he bought the... Uh, GT4, of course, which is the great car, oh, but I, I just interviewed Pete Stout the other day and we were talking about it and I said, you know, there's this GT4 that Bruce Canepa has that I keep looking mm -hmm. at. And he said, you know, I had one of those, but he said, unless you're going to do a lot of track stuff, I would go down this other path. Uh, we're still talking Porsches, of course. He had one, but he just felt like 
if you're not doing a lot of track days for regular street driving and where I live, the streets aren't so good and you can't really speed in this state. California, you guys are out of control, but up here in Washington, <laughs> you just can't speed. So to have a car like that with you no know, wing on the back. So going into the 992, which is exactly where he steered me. Um, but I have always wanted a 356 and they've just gotten so crazy expensive. But your car, I'm looking at the picture you sent me here. How did you get it parked on the beach like that on the beach <laughs> yeah you must have broken know, some right? barriers or something or paid off a guy who's watching <laughs> a parking lot uh it's a beautiful car and i love that color i love special colors my car's paint to sample in a very rare non-porsche cool. yeah metallic orange and of course rare shades what pete pulls off Ah, you're right at home there. Well, listen, I'm going to crawl into your head here a little bit. Be your psychologist. So you're you're on the couch there and I'm talking to you about your life. And I say, Jen, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, manifest as a vehicle, not what you (laughs) want to be. This is about your personality as a vehicle. What would Jen be and why? Well, I can tell you that there's an inside joke about me most being like a Turbo S, but I can't get into the why. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I kind of know why. I've been my told gosh. by friends yeah. that I'm like a Turbo S Yeah. if they no. had to choose a car. So I'll let them answer that one I, for I me. think, well, that fits. You're a dynamo. So yeah, Turbo S for <laughs> sure. You know, I had a, a good buddy who had Still just- Still classy though. <laughs> well, of course. And I'll tell you, I have a good buddy who just finished paying off his medical school bills. He's making a lot of money, but he had all this- this cost of going to medical school. And he came to me and he goes, I've never owned a nice car. I've never been able to afford it. Now I can, and I want a Porsche. What should I buy? And so we talked about it. So he comes back the next week and he's driving a GT3 RS. And I went, Oh wow. I went, what the hell did you do? And he said, (laughs) well, this is like the coolest car ever. And I go, yeah, but you said you wanted to drive it to work every day. You're you're not going to like driving that car to work every day. And he doesn't drive on the track. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, you come back and see me in a month because Mm -hmm. it's probably not, I said, I hate to say this to you, probably not the right choice. So sure enough, he came back and he said, you're right. This was the wrong choice for me. He goes, what do I do? And I said, Turbo S. It's everything that you're driving, but it's comfortable and you'll enjoy it. Exactly. And he's been driving that car every day to work for five years, snow, rain, whatever. It's got all these miles on it, and he's still smiling. And uh, yeah, if I could go buy a brand new Porsche right now, I would order a Turbo S, and I would have it specially spec, paint to sample. Yeah, it would become very expensive. They're already kind of pricey, but nice choice. Your friends know you well, Jen. I love those cars. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, we're entering the last lap. You've been there before. You've been on a track. White flag's out. I'm going to fire off some questions. I want to give you, or you give me, some very quick blips of that Turbo S throttle. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? My glass is always half full, and I will always find a solution no matter what. Ah, love it. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Very Porsche, of course. Yeah, me too. That'd be pretty cool. Now, when it comes to- That would be rad. Yeah, rad. There you go. You go, what's rad mean, young lady? (laughs) So, when it comes to automotive advice, now this could be buying cars, owning cars, taking care of cars, whatever it is, you know all the cool guys. You just rattle off some incredible names, and I'm very proud (laughs) to say they've all been guests here on Cars, yeah, and I call them my friends as well. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? So actually from Jeff Zawart, when we drove at the historical sports car racing exhibition at Daytona in January this year, I was driving Kevin Jeanette's Gunner Racing 944, and Jeff, as I was in my driver's suit, helmet on, 
looked at me and said, don't forget, the only history you can give a historically significant car is a bad history. Oh, oh. <laughs> I have died. I go, thanks, Jeff. I'm, I'll make it back. Don't worry. Oh, my god. <laughs> but that gosh. resonated with me because he was leading. Derek Bell was driving. I know these are hot answers, but yeah. uh, I had so many cool people and, and Gunner Jeanette was in there, Justin Bell, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, can I just get this car back to pit lane? Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. The only history you can give is historically significant car is a, is a bad, bad history. history. Well, th- you know, those are really that. good. No, those are good words of advice. And having <laughs> raced vintage cars, you don't want to crash in a vintage car, much less someone else's car. Exactly. I remember uh, the first time I got in my, I was racing a Lotus 18 and my good friend, Louis oh, Shevchik, cool. yeah, who takes care, who took care of my race cars for me. He leaned in, he said, Hey Mark, remember one thing? And I said, yeah. And he said, the throttle goes both ways. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, and it was a, it was a <laughs> rainy day, so I was very nervous to go out in that car on a rainy day. Yeah, so ah, that's great. I love that quote. I'm going to write that one down. Now, when it comes to resources, what's a great resource you might share with our listeners? Uh, for those that have not been to the Experience Center, the Experience Center is open to everyone, not just Porsche owners. So you can come visit us anytime. Uh, our website's PorscheDriving.com. We have our restaurant, 917, uh, which is restaurant917.com, where you can look us up on Open Table if you want to make a reservation. We have amazing Porsche butter, so you'll <laughs> definitely want to make sure that your cell phones are out for that camera shot. Yeah. And you can also follow me on Instagram. I'm G.I. Jen, which is like G.I. Jane, but I have hair. So that's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. That's cool. G.I. Jen, I'll make sure that I'm a follower as well. So is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share? Yeah. If you haven't already read it, go like hell. I love that book. It's so good. And then, of course, the new movie out, uh, really great. And they also filmed here. Part of the the movie was filmed here as well at the Experience Center. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A.J. Bame wrote that book. That's the most recommended, well, no, second most recommended book, The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Stein, another past guest here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Although the book is way better than the movie. And same with Go Like Hell. It's an awesome book. I love that scene Mm -hmm. in the movie when... uh, you know, old Carol uh, walks out there, writes it on the board and says 7,000 go like hell. Oh, I know. Yeah, that was so good. That was great. So yeah, good. It was great. All right, Jen, we are up to the checkered flag. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collectible car, something fun, doesn't have to be a daily driver, something that you can enjoy. But my listeners know there's some rules to this game since I'm writing what could be a very large check. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with, so that little trick's off the table. You have to keep it and drive it. No dust collectors or garage queens allowed at cars. Yeah, that's verboten. And it's the only cool collector car you can park in your garage next to your daily driver, Porsche. So what am I going to buy, Jen? Malacarn today. That's the easiest question Is to it? answer in the world. Okay. 918 Spider. That car will be in my garage someday. It oh. will either be a guard's red. Uh, we have one downstairs at the Experience Center right now in our gallery that I get to watch and look over every day. <laughs> or Graham Rahal had a custom. He had a Viper Green 918, and he unfortunately sold it. And he'll tell you, he wishes he wouldn't have sold that car. I know the guy that bought that car from him. Yeah. And the Viper Green 918 is amazing. I would drive that as a daily driver, Mark. I could do it. I could definitely put my purse in the passenger yep. seat, but it's a great car. I think that's the easiest car to drive. My mom could drive that car, and it's just so ahead of its time. I think it's a timeless design. I don't, I think that'll still be relevant 30, 40 years from now. Well, yeah, it's a lot like what the Carrera GT has become, an icon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the 918 Spider, I've seen Graham's car. I saw it at Rensport. It's stunning. Oh, yeah, I couldn't believe you let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that car works in any color. Now, 
Listen, I know, you know, Guards Red, Viper Green, since I'm going <laughs> to order you one and it can be any color, would you still go with one of those two or would we do something even more crazy? Maybe more crazy, actually, if I could. Of course I mean, you I know that they're not in production, and I would like to keep it to original paint, but yeah, there's so many good colors. Well, we're playing fantasy games here, so I can do anything. I can call up my contacts at Porsche and say, Builder One. You know what would be amazing? To see a 918 in Pantone Blue. Oh. If you don't know what that color yeah, is. Oh, or Ruby Rose. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Rose Red. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. another that one of those rare shades. That is a beautiful color. Okay. Exactly. Well, listen, I'll order one and I'll surprise you. I'll just roll up there <laughs> and you'll have to go, oh, my car's here. Thanks, Mark. And uh, we'll see what we can exactly. do. Very nice. Jen, you've <laughs> taken me on an awesome ride here today uh, at the Porsche Experience Center. I mean, it's so much fun and I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I'm so glad we finally were able to connect. Before I let you go... Could you offer us one little parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the coast highway in that wonderful 918 Spider in a mystery color? I would say to all your guests, just find your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, you're a true testament to that, Mark. Thank you for allowing others to share their story in the car community, but for everything that you do, as you know, at Porsche, we always say it's about the people and it really is. And there are so many amazing people that I've met who love cars. That is exactly why I'm here. I think that's exactly why your show is a success. So. Thanks. Uh, definitely find your passion. Yep, that helps. Uh, Inspiring automotive enthusiasts, that's what we're all about. That's what Jen's all about. That's what Porsche enthusiasts are all about. But again, if you're not a Porsche fanatic like us, but you love the car or you just love cars (laughs) and you're in the Los Angeles area, it's so easy to get to. Just check in advance, make sure they're open the hours you get there, but you're not going to want to leave. Make sure you bring an appetite because their restaurants are very, very tasty. And uh, yeah, if you could take a piece of that butter home as a souvenir, but it'll probably melt in your pocket. So just spread it on a nice piece of bread and enjoy it. So that's the way to do it. What are all the ways that people can learn more about the Porsche Experience Center and you, Jen? Uh, They can go to PorscheDriving.com. And you can book any of our driving experiences, simulator experiences online, restaurant917.com for any, if you want to look at our menu, or you can just go straight to open table and book a reservation. I do recommend reservations for the restaurant. We do get booked up. Mm-hmm. Even with our pandemic happening, we're, we're limited on seating. So yep. if you want to come do that. And then you can also follow me on Instagram as G-I-Jen. So G-I-J-E-N. There you go. Awesome. I'll put links to all those on Jen's show notes page. Hey, if you can keep up, follow this lady, but good luck because she is moving fast, as you can tell, but she's having fun. And make sure you make a point to visit the Porsche Experience Center. Or if you're in Atlanta in that area, that is a wonderful facility too. Say hello to past cars, yeah, I guess, Ray Schaefer. He'll take good care of you or his team will. They have a great restaurant there, 356. It's a wonderful place as well. Listeners, you can find everything on Jen's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Jennifer. M-A-L-A-C-A-R-N-E, Malacarn, and her show notes page will be right there. Jen, thanks for being so generous with your time and your expertise today. This is great fun. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Porsche Experience Center. Thank you very much, Mark. You're welcome. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, 
has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know. Everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!